Welcome to Tulsa Titans, highlighting our local business professionals who are making a difference. Today, I've got Nathan Lashley. Nathan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Nathan is a doctor at Metro Tulsa Foot and Ankle. To get started, Nathan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You bet. Yeah. Nathan Lashley, I'm uh, doctor of podiatric medicine. I'm originally from Oklahoma. My parents were school teachers when I was younger, so I was born in McAllister. We moved to Fort Gibson for elementary school. I went to junior high at Jinx, high school at Edmond Memorial. Played a lot of sports throughout that time and spent most of my college years at Northeastern and Tahlequah, where I graduated. I played football there for a couple of years, also attended OSU in the middle of that. From there, I actually, when I was out of school, I was very athletic, sustained a few injuries, played, uh, played some college football, was able to get out of that without having any major injuries, but still played recreational, ended up rupturing both my Achilles tendons a couple of years apart, which... Uh, obviously is one of the reasons why I'm in the specialty that, my, that I'm in today, because I suffered injuries that led to foot issues with me and it's part of personal interest. So um, after um, a couple of years of working here in Tulsa, I chose, my wife and I, we chose to pursue a medical career and, and we applied to different uh, universities that uh, throughout the state that did medical, not throughout the state, but throughout the country that had a podiatry type program with their medical school. And we ended up in Chicago and um, podiatry school is, is a little bit different than uh, traditional medical school. You have your two first two years are very similar to that. Um, a lot of the basic medical sciences, we take the same classes with uh, MDDO type students, but then we also specialize a little bit more. Once we finished with school, uh, we went to Cleveland, Ohio, did a uh, residency at the Cleveland Clinic. And then I, I spent my last two years of residency in Oklahoma City at the Surgical Hospital of Oklahoma. From there, we were able to stay in Oklahoma. I was lucky enough to have a Native American scholarship. My mom's family's Cherokee, so I had a payback. They paid for some of my school, so I worked at the Claremore Indian Hospital for a few years after residency, and then I was able to rejoin some friends of mine and classmates here at Metro Tulsa Foot and Ankle, and I've been here since uh, 2013, became partner in 2015, been going strong ever since. What I'm interested, especially with your specialty, you just walked through, you know, what all it took just to get there. And you mentioned, hey, I took an interest in it. How important is it? And, and you, you have a staff, right, that people really, truly get into something they have an interest in. Absolutely. We do have a, we, we do have a good staff. Our, we have nine doctors in our group, first off, and they're all extremely well trained. We have a physical therapist who that was one part I did leave out. My wife is our physical therapist at our at our group. When I was in school at medical school in Chicago, she actually chose to go back and she pursued a doctorate degree in physical therapy. She was able to do her externship rotations at the Cleveland Clinic where I was at doing residency at the same time. So that was a very challenging year when you have a newborn baby. Our daughter was born in Chicago in 2005 and we picked up and moved to Cleveland for residency. And so we juggled that for a year. We're able to come home soon after that. But we have a physical therapist as well in our group to get back to our group. Uh, our, it happens to be our, my wife and she was at St. John's for years and years and we ended up being able to bring her on board Metro Tulsa. And it's been a good thing. And in addition to that, obviously we have a very well-trained foot and ankle specialist. We, we perform, you know, anything foot and ankle related, um, everything from simple elective type surgeries from hammer toes and bunions and heel pain and different arthritic procedures, such as fusions. We have a specialist in our group that also performs a total ankle replacement, which is something that is, uh, does require some, some separate training, some more advanced training. So we feel like as a whole, we're able to offer the spectrum when it comes to foot and ankle. Awesome. When you, you and I were talking about how busy you guys are in this season, but the season prior, so 2020 affected everybody. You know, 2020 was so interesting. Um, and, you know, we kind of fell into that 
situation where, you know, they, 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 they kind of took elective surgeries away from us right, right when everything hit. And that did affect us because we do quite a few elective surgeries. We still were able to treat infections that came in or uh, fractures, anything that was more urgent, we could still operate. We could still take care of our patients. But it was such an interesting few months there. And believe it or not, we, especially my office here in the Midtown area, I office with Dr. David Francis. Uh, we're at 36th and Harvard. And our office seems to have a pretty steady flow of patients. And there was a, just maybe a few weeks where things really dropped off and maybe we went home at lunch a few days. But I mean, overall, we still stayed pretty steady. Uh, the other interesting thing about 2020, I saw a lot of patients that sure they should have been going to the emergency room, honestly. But people were so scared, apprehensive about going in and seeking treatment at a facility where they knew COVID patients were being cared for. So we would see things come in that probably should have been in the emergency room. And, and it was just, it was very strange time, but we were able to get through it. Um, we, since that time, it's just, it slowly, steadily has just continued to grow. The summer months are always busy for us when the kids are out of school. 2020, we were able to, again, get through 2020 summer, but this summer has really been busy, um, a lot busier than the last summer. I think the, the further we get away from, um, the, the initial impact of COVID, I think, you know, obviously we, we, we see things continue to uptick. Well, in this season of your career, and then again, reflecting and, and having some additional time during the, the down months for COVID, are there things that you're consuming more of? Are there things that you've scaled out of your life? Def I'll tell you one thing that I, I definitely have scaled out of my life is social media. Our group has a small presence for marketing reasons and things like that, which I think is important. And the administration, the staff that we have, they do an excellent job with that. But personally, I found that uh, being on social media and just the constant wave of information that honestly, you don't know how legitimate it is. And, and I, I felt like that was one thing that was really able, I was able to kind of calm myself a little bit by just stepping away from that. Um, my wife will, she'll make fun of me because I still, I still look at, I'm a big sports guy. So I still look at some of the uh, news feed for certain Twitter football teams or things like that, but I don't do anything personal. I don't, I don't read the news stories for the most part. Um, I don't, the, the real radical things. I've just, I've just really tried to tone that out. When you guys are, are balancing kind of, you keep bringing up your kids, right? So you're raising kids, you've moved a lot. Your business is very busy. Uh, what's a habit every day that you have that helps you be effective? Well, I think, you know, you've got to have a good balance. I, I, I love to exercise. I think that's one thing that, that definitely kind of keeps me balanced. I had a pretty, I had another foot surgery this year, believe it or not, uh, earlier this spring, because I had another issue with a tendon. I, it seems to be a common theme with me, but that's kind of cut into my workout a little bit. I'm still trying to recover from that, but that is one thing that consists, especially through the, the, the COVID times, you know, it never really dropped off at the gym. We went outside to work out, but, but exercising, I think, allows me to have a certain balance. Uh, we have very strong church life. And again, something else that was affected by COVID, we attend Boston Avenue United Methodist downtown. Um, you know, we had our doors shut for about a year. We just recently reopened and attendance has still been hitting this. I know we've still been hitting this. We traveled quite a bit this year, but pre-COVID, that was one thing that I was able to find, you know, attending church on a regular basis. Uh, it's another way, obviously, to stay balanced. I think you need a certain amount of um, of that kind of religion in your life, in my opinion. That's the way I was raised. So, Yeah, I was raised that way also in community. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the screens, technology can make us be efficient. That's exactly what we do is technology. But you've got to have community. You've got to have real relationships face-to-face -face with people. Absolutely. You sure do. Yeah. 
Um, and, and that's, 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 in my opinion, that's, that's the church. That's the nice thing about the church. The church isn't the building. The church is the people. It's the people coming together, fellowshipping, communicating, supporting each other. And that, that was a, that was a, it's a big part, I think, of, of, of our life and, and um, hope it'll continue to be. Yeah. And I hope that the, the COVID season drives that out. Everybody was so, so separated because sure. we're really comfortable. We we're very, in a very blessed country if you travel at all. Right. And we're also separated that I think people saw, Hey, this, this can be super toxic and we've been sure. comfortable and we have neglected how privileged we are to, to come together and gather and do whatever we want. Uh, we Absolutely. did a, a unity festival, a revival at Guthrie green, we got 97 pastors involved praying together this last week. That's and, great. Man. When everybody got together, man, it was powerful, right? There's yeah. some power and then everybody getting together and doing some fellowship. So what, um, you know, when you moved, because I had that happen too, right? We were running a couple different groups. We started up this business. My first kid was born and we were moving. Like right. just everything all at once. What got you out of bed? Like like on the worst days, why were you optimistic? What What's your why? That's a good question. I think a lot of it boils down to the, the profession that I chose. I wanted to help people. I was able to do it through my medical specialty and you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I lay in bed at night and I think about my patients, you know, guys like, man, what if I hope this guy's doing better? I hope this patient, you know, follows through and does what I ask him to do. Um, you know, you have certain surgical patients that you, you, you follow and you just want them to do well. And, um, and you, I, I get concerned about them and I think about them. And that's one thing that, that drives me is I want to make sure that my patients are taken care of. I want to go that extra mile and do everything I can for them. I, I feel like that our staff here does an excellent job of that. I get a lot of compliments from our patients saying, you know, everyone in your office is so optimistic. They are, they're very positive. They're very nice. And that's something that I try to talk to them about and instill that to them. I always have a kind of a, I say, you know, you got, you got to kill them with kindness. You, you, you've got to be nice. You got to, you, you need to do that. Even when someone is, is not happy, they're, they're, they're not pleased about something. And that's where you really just, you really have to kill them with kindness. When outside of killing with kindness, I completely agree is, is you can't put yourself in their emotions. People go through stuff. And a lot of times when, when human beings lash out, it doesn't have anything to do with you, right? Yeah. It's building up. So outside of that, what That's are exactly other, right? What are some other core values um, that you want your, your staff to, to implement and know? I try to lead by example in my office. I try to be the first one here every day. Uh, sometimes I have a nurse that beats me occasionally, but um. I, I, I get here every day and I try to go through and do certain small things. I try to lead by example. I, I, I'm detail oriented. You know, I come up and, you know, when you're a small business owner, you'll, you'll know this. You, you have to wear a lot of hats. You have to do a lot of different things. Uh, you can't be too good to come in here and sweep the floors or water the flowers or do, do whatever that has to be done. And I feel like that that's one thing that I try to do is I try to lead by example and show them that it takes dedication. It takes hard work. A lot of things that I think I learned through playing athletics. You're part of a team. Everybody's got a role and you have to show up and you have to do it. And so that's one thing that I think that I, I try to do here is, is, again, show my staff that, you know, I'm here early. I'm here taking care of business and a lot of usually here late along with Dr. Francis. He sometimes takes a little bit longer with me on his notes, but that's one of the things that, that we try to do. So on your journey and you mentioned Dr. Francis, who are, who are some people that you admire? Who poured into you to get you where you're at? It's a good question. I, I definitely got to say my grandfather, my mother's uh, dad. He was a, an amazing man. He World War II veteran. He was in the Pacific Theater, grew up between Fort Gibson and Tahlequah. 
as soon as he got out of the war, came back, married his high school sweetheart, set up shop, and he was a farmer from forever. And that guy would work. He knew how to work. And he he was very church oriented. He he, has a, he was an elder in his church for a long period of time. Um, and he was he was just a kind, generous person. I spent a lot of summers staying with him, my grandparents. And I remember he had big gardens and he would work gardens and he would take this produce and he would drive it around town and he would, you know, donate it to people and things like that. And he would help anybody, anywhere, anytime. And, and that was something to me that I, again, it kind of instilled a, a certain amount of servitude, just wanting to serve and help others and be kind. Outside of just your, your patience, uh, any other ideas on how to serve people? I'm always looking for inspiration there. You know, I, it's, it's still kind of patient related, but we, one thing I do, I'm, and I'm proud of, of our organization, we donate our time at the day center. They have a medical clinic. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. And we all donate time uh, to spend at the, at the medical clinic to see patients there, the indigent patients, obviously that need, need help. Our offices are really good about gathering supplies. We collect shoes and socks and medical things and we, we take them down there and we try to keep that staff. So that's another thing that we try to do also to, uh, to be generous. And I, it, 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 it fills me up. I love, I love going down there because the people are very grateful that you're there, that you're able to help them because a lot of them have pretty serious conditions. So that's one thing that I definitely enjoy doing, donating time to the medical, to the uh, homeless day center. Yeah, the day center. And then we're blessed to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have so many. I've met some of the CEOs of some of our nonprofits and I have a hard yeah. time coming up with them. They're so passionate about what they do for people. And I think not enough people know they have that opportunity because when you run a small business, you know what I love about volunteering at a great organization? I'm not. That? Yeah, that's right. I just show up and give in this show up organized, yeah. man. It's just it's such a blessing and it fills me up for the rest of my week. Yeah, absolutely. And our, our Bible class at, at, at Boston Avenue was really pre COVID was really good about we would do certain things, certain work projects and, and different things around town. And I, I love being a part of that as well. Well, I've got a really cool story and, and I want to want to tee up uh, because of what you said. We got to hand out flyers for that festival we just had. And so we went yeah. to Tulsa and went up to some people that in, in certain people would think certain things, right? They're human beings. And so the cool thing about the flyers, they had stuff for kids. So we opened up the door by saying, hey, do you have kids? This is for your kids. We're doing giveaways. And then we just ask them how they're doing and listen. And when we listen to them, man, people were going through all kinds of hardships, right? But I had a guy that, dude, he flips houses for a living and invests in houses. Yes. And he does it really, really well, right? And just what I love that you said was somebody could say, well, I know all about owning real estate, right? How am I going to help somebody? We're at a door and this girl's crying because her mom's credit's so bad. And he writes down his cell phone number with tears in his eyes. He hands it to the little girl and says, I know how to fix credit. I know. That's my area. Finance is my area. Call me. I will help fix our credit. Right. And so I don't know who's listening, but whatever you have learned can be applied to somebody else that just doesn't have that wisdom. Go use it. And so, um, you know, what else is great about small business owners? I'll, I'll pivot here at the end. You can't get a medical degree and run a business. It doesn't teach you anything about running a business. So what books and what information have you used besides trial and error to help understand the business? Yeah. That, I'll tell you, you know, and I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I, I'm probably not the most business savvy partner that we have. We've got a couple other partners that probably are a little bit more involved in the business aspect of thing. Plus, we've got two excellent administrators uh, that, and actually three we've got, I'll, I'll say their names, Tori Record, Sandra Bennett, and then Brandy Covington. And 
And those three girls have done an excellent job of keeping our business. It's, it's difficult. There's lots of, you know, again, you're, you're trying to stay and, and see busy clinics and, and, and trying to see patients and, and stay busy. But of course, there's always the business side of things and the intricacies of how that work. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I tend to read different books. I, I, I've, I've dabbled in some of those types, but again, I, I'm probably not the most business savvy guy in our group. And we've got a couple more guys, Dr. Justin Albright and Sean Hatfield and Steve Smith. And, and those guys are probably a little bit more on the business side of things. But, uh, you know, when I, when I do read, it kind of brings me back a little bit. We were talking about my grandfather, um, the last couple of books that I read, I I'd kind of gotten into greatest generation type books. And there were two world war II books that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and my wife is a big reader too. She reads a lot and she's always like, you've got to read this one. And, and I have to give her credit, but one of them was called once upon a town. And it was about a small town in Nebraska that had a train stop during World War II where people would come and the, t- and the town would just take care of, of, of all the GIs as they would come through. They would give them food and they would have a little small time. They only, only stopped for a brief period, but they still tried to take care of all the soldiers as they came through. And the other one was Unbroken, which was made into a movie about Louis Zamperini. And that one, um, of course, that was an unbelievable story of what that man went through as a POW in Japan and all these different things and was able to escape and just fascinating read if you ever get a chance but those are the two that kind of stuck out in my mind more recently okay thanks and i'm going to go somewhere because i don't get to go this place often you know as i talk to some people that have been seasoned in business they might have good answers to everything guys it's it's such a gift to say i don't know and so nathan's like hey i'm not the <laughs> and then the other thing is is if you have a gift and talent and man you have just such skill and wisdom in one area you can create profit and if you create profit and you can be humble you can hire people to do the things that you're not good at. And that's when small yeah. business and big business grow, by the way, when you oh, try I, not to be everything to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. You know, it's, you know, you're right. They, they don't teach business in, in, in any medical school. Um, it, it's a little bit of a struggle. A lot of people, of course you, there's, that's a different story, but I say a lot of people, you know, they, they join in with a big hospital system. So they don't have to worry about that. And being a solo private practitioner in this town, it can be challenging with the different, the big systems here, you know, between the three big guys, you, you just try to carve your own little niche and just, just keep going. Well, I'll pump you up too. If you ever spend time with a small business, they care more. You get into That's the big systems and stuff and they're, they're, they're processed to, to let the talent just exist as an employee, the passion leads. So go see Nathan. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so Nathan, if somebody has a question for you, what's your best form of communication, how they get a hold of you? Well, um, our, our website is tulsafoot.com. Um, that, that should definitely get you to our portal. You can leave questions. And um, our, our cell phone number is 918-494-2902. That's our main office line. You can get a hold, schedule appointments, um, talk with administration, anything that you need to do to, as far as getting a hold of us. And, and um, we'd be happy to help. Well, everybody, thank you. I'm Kellen Cowan, one of the partners here at New Wave Solutions. Nathan, thank you for giving, man. Awesome. Thank you. 